You're listening to Biz Quick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. Biz Quick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And today we have Talking Tacos Part 2. So y'all know what that means. We're talking about Corey's restaurant adventure, Cabo Fish Taco, and digging in a little bit deeper about what it's like to open a restaurant. We'll have on, joining us in a little bit, Matt Karfakis, who is helping Corey. He's consulting with him because he's got a deep background in restaurants, as we learned in part one. If you haven't listened to part one yet, we highly encourage you to go listen to it. But today we're digging into hiring because it is such an interesting topic right now for so many small business owners and especially people in the service industry. So, Corey, thanks for uh, letting us dig into this topic again today. I thought you were going to say thanks for joining. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you always join, yes. so no. But we, I think this will be a really good um, discussion because um, you and Matt are doing some very interesting things that are pretty non-traditional and are um, kind of exciting in terms of how you're going to be recruiting talent for the restaurant. Sure. And, um, well, I don't... We the way really... you said sure tells me that I got that wrong. <laughs> well, I, I think more... We're more aimed at retaining talent right now than we are recruiting talent, which in turn will help recruit talent. It's kind of like a chicken, chicken and egg, egg thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for, for us, um, and, you know, we can save a lot of this for when Matt gets on, but I'll, I'll just... Um, Drop this in there. Like when you're opening up a restaurant, when you're the the new kid in town, the new restaurant, the new space, whatever you you're always going to have a bunch of people who are interested in coming over to the new restaurant because mm -hmm. there's there's for every reason it could be they are you know they they believe there's an opportunity there and they're stuck they're just bored with their current job they can't find a job elsewhere et cetera et cetera so mm -hmm. there's a, there's a lot of reasons why new restaurants get an influx get get a pretty decent amount of interest for employment the trick for us is going to be weeding out or selecting the the best employees out of the the group and selecting the best employees out of the group and then retaining them um yeah. and that's what we've been kind of working on the past couple of weeks is um as everybody knows that sb pace is consulting cabo fish mm -hmm. taco in terms of like doing everything that we say that we, we advise clients to do so that I can't cut quarters and slack off and do this mm -hmm. the way that I, you know, the way that every, like a lot of small business owners would open up their business is figured out on the fly. Yes. Um, I also, it's been an interesting, um, it's been an interesting experience because you've, you know, we're both sort of trying to figure out where the line is for either one of us to cross in terms of giving guidance or pushing um, and with respect to, you know, this is how you should do things or we recommend. And it's kind of, it's interesting because, you know, you've got that deep background in restaurants. I don't, but I have a pretty successful track record in building high performing teams. And so a comment that we hear frequently when we're having conversations about hiring is that's not how it works in, in the restaurant industry. Which I have no rebuttal for, right? So um, trying to figure out like, well, how do I give you the best guidance possible? 
without, you know, trying to just bulldoze over the fact that maybe it's not even realistic for your industry. Cause I, I really think that best practices for hiring are kind of industry agnostic. You do not. Well, and I think that, I mean, and with a lot of what we need to do and what, when we're talking with customers and one of the things that we always talk customers, clients, when we talk with clients or just anybody in any industry is that the skills that we have, it's almost better to not bring in that industry expert because you want that outside opinion. You mm-hmm. want you want a fresh set of eyes on what you're doing and building a highly effective team should be and can be independent, like completely agnostic of the industry. Yeah, It's just that the approach that, um, that you have in your head doesn't fit with what and I don't believe it fits with what would work in the restaurant industry. Not that once we get there, it's like, like we've had, cause you and I have debated often about like <laughs> recruiting for other industries yes. and stuff like that. And you're like, Oh, well you're and I'm like, well, there's just, it, it's different because you're dealing with a different pool of people. The people who are interested in working in construction or restaurants or an office job, they're all very different. So mm-hmm. you have to approach it a little bit differently. And I think, and um, we're going to uh, bring, when we bring Matt on, we could talk about this, but I think especially in, in cities and, in, and, in, in places like Richmond where your name, your reputation is a big part of who you are as an employer, like that is the best recruitment tool. Agreed. I, so, I agree with that. So it's, it's, so from that perspective, it's doing everything right to retain the highest, you know, talent that we can get. Mm-hmm. And then in theory, that's going to attract more. Yes. We'll find out. Yeah. And I, I will say, you know, it, it, we tried different approaches. Um, well, at least I have in terms of like how we kind of move through some of these conversations. And, and we can get more in depth with this when Matt gets on. But one of the, the last conversation we had was really when we talked about onboarding. Right. And so I um, rather than um, telling you um, this is how I think you should do it. Had you and Matt walk me through everything that you think should be included. And then um, when we were done, I started, you know, asking questions about, well, what would it look like if you included this or could you include that? And could literally like hear in Matt's voice where he was like, yes, okay, yes, right. And um, I, because we couldn't see Matt's face, his camera was off on his Zoom, but I could see your face and you were just like, huh, okay. So kind of, piecing it in like this is the baseline now what can we do to amp it up and make it better yeah and that's what i'm saying like to that different approach is mm-hmm. like because you're it's like it's like you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and that's what it feels like you know when you're talking about this but when you're like okay we just need to fit a peg in there I'm like oh okay just you got to just change it a bit so i'm like okay now i just need to think about it mm-hmm. like like you they're like all you're trying to say is this thing needs is something you need to consider now take your how can we make it work right yeah because i think you know when when you guys described for me what you thought that onboarding should be well in my head what i was saying to myself was okay that's the minimum that a company should be doing so now how can we take that and then take it to the very next level, take it to the next level. So um, it's been it's been an interesting um, experience. And we're I can't wait to bring Matt on and talk to him more about the hiring as well and dig in deeper. I don't know how many secrets we're going to give away, though, because you want to maybe keep some of this stuff for yourself so you get all the best talent. But we'll figure that out. There's no way. such thing as secrets in the restaurant. Industry. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll bring Matt on. 
Hey everyone, if you're like most entrepreneurs out there, time is not something you ever seem to have enough of. We get it. There are a million things that need your attention both in business and in your personal life. That's why we created Time Bomb. This is a self-paced course designed to help you determine what your time is worth and where you should be spending those precious hours every day. Right now, we have an option to buy the bundle, which also includes products designed to help you become more efficient with your time. It's a $70 deal you're getting for only an additional $30. Head on over to sbpace.com to learn more. Time Bomb. Take control of your calendar. Gain control of your life. All right. Welcome back to the show. We have Matt with us. Restaurant consultant is his official title today. Hey, Matt. Welcome back. Hi, guys. How are you? We are so, so good. Uh, we were just talking about hiring before you joined us, and I thought that we would go ahead and continue that conversation because it is one that is of pretty consistent debate between me and Corey. And I, I think you will have an interesting perspective and most likely align with Corey. So every time you do, we're just going to shut you down. Okay. Sounds <laughs> good. I'm not going to shut you down, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So over the past couple of weeks, Matt, we've been um, working through the, you know, some of the details around hiring, including, you know, things that you can do for team building and um, building high performing teams and um, really helping to employees with their career path inside of Cabo, as well as employee onboarding. And I just want to, you know, traditionally, what what do restaurants usually when they're hiring, what do restaurants usually get wrong in the hiring process when they're looking at, you know, building a team and getting really good talent in the door? I think it's uh, about the follow-up. You know, you hire people pretty quickly in the restaurant business, and I don't think Cabo this time around is going to uh, be doing that. But at the same time, there's going to be situations where that's called for. And then it's the follow-up. You know, you hire somebody, you get their paperwork done, they start within probably two days, and then they just get trained, and you never follow up with them afterwards. And I think that's where a lot of restaurants get that wrong. Yeah, they, they kind of get lost in the system, so to speak, where it's just, you know, all of a sudden they're <clears throat> they're getting, they're learning all of the bad habits from the people who are training them if they're lucky enough to get people to train them. And, you know, that's that. I remember one of my, one of my first jobs I got in a restaurant, it was literally, um, I, I was shown where the walk-in was. I, I got hired as line cook. I had no line cook experience prior to this. <laughs> I, um... I was shown where the walk-in was. I got shown where dry storage was. I was handed a copy of the menu, and the guy who hired me said, all right, cool, I'll be at the bar drinking if you need me. That was my introduction to that restaurant. Did you need him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is um, – That's it. how long did you stay there? Four years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Was it Cabo? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I did that to people at Cabo. No. Um, no, it was another, another restaurant in Blacksburg, but – um, yeah, I think that the, uh, the, the problem is, and, and again, like we're going to, we're going to have that problem is you, you get in a pinch and you just need a warm body. And I know that makes you cringe because we've had this conversation before, Julie, but there, there's, there's no putting work off until later. It has mm -hmm. to happen now. And if that means hiring the first person who has a pulse, who walks in the door, sometimes that's just the world you live in. It's so, I, you know, I, and I, I didn't visibly cringe. I'm getting better at hearing it. But I, I wonder, so this, you know, Matt, you said hire quickly. And 
um, Corey, you backed it up with, you just need, you need a pulse. You just need, you need a body, but you know, the traditional, so non-restaurant, maybe, maybe non-service related hiring model is the exact opposite. Hire slow, fire quickly, right? And it appears as if maybe restaurants are the opposite. Hire quickly, fire slowly, right? You give chance after chance because I know we've, we've had some conversations around sort of the, the behavior or the things that people will get a pass on where I'm like, Oh, okay. But I get it. It's a totally different industry. But do you think, um, and you know, I'll, Corey, this is to you first. And then Matt, I would love your, your response as well. Do you think that there is ever an opportunity aside from maybe being a white tablecloth restaurant where you can flip that model, where you can hire more slowly and fire quickly because your restaurant is in such demand as a place that people want to work because of the culture that you've built and because of the environment and, and the, you know, the, the rest of the team, or do you just think that's just the way it's always going to be with non white tablecloth type restaurants? I think that, I think there's stuff that you can do to help mitigate that. And the, uh, the fire slowly thing isn't really that true either. I mean, you give a lot of passes to things, but it's also because it's not really detrimental to work, you know, so to speak, where like, and it's, and it's kind of, it's a part of the industry. So it's like, all right, I'm going to overlook the fact that you're hung over 70% of the shifts that you show up to, but that's because that's just a part of the industry. And if, I mean, if, if you ran a drug test on any restaurant in town here, they would be hurting for employees so there's just that that's just a part of of the business but um no so i think that you can uh, like that there's ways around it where you can kind of um through training and planning and all of that you can have plans in effect so if you need to get rid of somebody quickly you can fill in the space fill in that gap whether it's moving somebody up from a, a lower position or or you're shuffling the schedule or whatever, which would have to happen anyways, because you're not going to uh, be able to uh, just hire somebody immediately and, and put them in that spot, depending upon what it is. So there's ways around it, but you're still going to, there's, there are going to be many instances where again, you're, you need to, because you need a body there. I need somebody at the front door to greet customers just to slow them down enough so that I could get this table seat and come back. And if that's all they're doing is just entertaining the customers, they don't even, know you know the table numbers or the name of the restaurant sometimes you're like okay just stand here and just talk to people that's all i need you to do <laughs> okay and then tomorrow we'll work on you know training you on becoming a host so there's not so you're saying it's it would be rare to be able to flip that model and have it be higher slowly fire quickly i i think yeah i, I think the the hiring slowly part is the hard part because somebody has to do that work and it's going to fall on you know, somebody like myself, it's going to fall on management. And then all of a sudden I'm be like, you know what? I'm fed up with this. Whoever walks in here, I don't care. Hire the next customer that walks in here. I don't, I don't care. Cause it's, cause that work falls on somebody. Okay. You can't, it's not like an, in corporate America when we were corporate, I mean, jobs will be advertised for months and months and months. And that's fantastic. But that's would never fly in the restaurant industry. Okay. Matt, what are your thoughts on that? I agree with Corey to an extent. Um, hire fast and fire slowly. There's been a lot of examples or uh, situations, especially when I worked at Cabo, where I gave pass after pass after pass because 
you have to think about the schedule that week, the schedule the week after and the schedule the week after. And, uh, you can't, you can't just fire someone so quickly because you'll have a big hole in your kitchen. I'm just thinking of the back front's a little different, uh, a little easier to fill some spots, but you know, in a perfect world, I would like to hire slowly and fire fast, to be honest, that just, that, that model would work excellent in any restaurant. If we were in a perfect world. Well, we're never going to be in a perfect world and we've got actually a, even a little bit bigger of a um, situation. I'm just going to call it a situation. Um, I think we've all seen over the past, um, you know, 15 months that the, I'll just call them government handouts and subsidies have done a lot to really hurt service-related industries from being able to find help. So let's talk a little bit about that. We don't really know what, when Cabo opens, when we're, you know, targeting a November open, um, so let's just pretend that that's, you know, best case scenario and, and the business is opening in November, you're going to be hiring in the, you know, August time frame for your, you know, managing your, your manager employees or those key employees. And then in September, you'll be hiring for September and October, you'll be hiring for, you know, the, the staff type roles. What type of consideration are you giving to the climate of finding workers and how, and how are you how are you going to be different and stand out so that you can bring people in the door to work for you? I think that, uh, well, I mean, like I said at the, at the beginning, just by the nature of being the new restaurant in town, we're going to get a lot of interest and we're going to bring with us a name that people recognize. So that's going to be helpful. Um, and for, for Cabo, the big thing is just going to be retaining those employees. And so having that positive culture, the making sure everybody's getting properly compensated and, and there's all of that stuff that makes it a, an ideal place to work for, that is the best tool that you can use to recruit more people because everybody's going to gonna want to work there. Now, whether or not the labor pool exists is going to be a whole other thing because, and I would love to get Matt's opinion on this uh, since he's <clears throat> works with restaurants um, as you know, in the, in the, as a, for the food distributor he works for, but the um, uh, everybody who I've talked to has said that I mean, even it's it's nothing to do with pay. It's the people just aren't there. Like the people who would be your ideal candidate for any role, whatever role it is in a restaurant, they're just not interested in working in restaurants anymore. Like after the whole pandemic and the uncertainty that came with income, et cetera, et cetera. And then I mean, not to mention every place that did open back up. Um, you know, every place, but a lot of places you hear about how poorly the staff's getting treated by customers because mm-hmm. they're understaffed. And it's like, look, like this person actually decided to come back to work and now you're just shitting on them because the place is understaffed and you fully know, well, it's understaffed, but you know, why, why, why would anybody want to go to work to get yelled at? You know, I mean, I, I know it happens to me every day. Exactly. But, <laughs> but you know, like from what. From what I can tell, it's it's that it's just the the labor pool for restaurants is is not there. Okay, all right, Matt, what are what are your thoughts on that? I think uh, the labor pool is going to come back, maybe not as strong as it was. Uh, once all the benefits end at uh, the beginning of September, I think it is for for Virginia. But at the same time. Corey mentioned paying competitively, you know, we are going to be looking at the market here. 
looking at what everybody else is paying and seeing how we can either compete or offer something a little bit better. And in terms of that, I mean, maybe better onboarding, um, better follow up and, you know, investing in the people who are investing their time working for us. Mm, I love that. I think there's, you know, the, there, so frequently we tend to think or make the assumption that pay is the only thing that people care about. And in many instances, it's not even, you know, in the top two or three things that they care about, right? Culture is really important. Enjoying what you're doing, the opportunity for advancement and for learning things, um, knowing that you belong to something bigger, a community or a movement, those things are really um, important for people as well. And I don't, I, I'm, I don't know. So I'm going to ask if that, I know in corporate America that, that, that translates. And I know when you're looking at, you know, a lot of like small businesses that translates for hiring people want to learn, they want to be appreciated. They want to have the opportunity for advancement. Is that true? for people that are looking for and taking jobs in the restaurant industry? There are definitely some people uh, who who are interested in that, and, and that's one thing that I do want to offer uh, when it comes to, to Cabo, because I don't want just one, I want a dozen. Um, mm -hmm. And so for, for people who want to stay in the industry, there's going to be room for growth. Um, there's definitely going to be that culture aspect, uh, just making sure that the, it's an environment that everybody wants to like, you're, you're, you're happy to go to work. It, it's something you're, you know, you kind of look forward to, or, you know, one of those things where people like when they find their, when they get their corporate America job or whatever, they're like, well, can I still work on weekends or stuff? Cause they, they, they enjoy it. And it's like, there's the camaraderie there and all that. So there's, there, there's some of that, but you're also dealing with a lot of people who just, I mean, they, they're doing this cause they just need to, that they need the paycheck and they've got other interests, you know, and, it, and, it, and the flexibility of a restaurant schedule makes it easy to do a lot of other things in your life because you're working, you know, you, you like weekends are an opportunity to work. So you could have Mondays and Tuesdays off or whatever it is. And, and you can have multiple jobs, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like if you're trying to start your own side hustle, I say like, you get to have more than one job, but, like, <laughs> but like if, you know, like for, let's say if you're a, a, an artist of some sort mm -hmm. where it's like not exactly something that's paying the bills, um, but it, this can allow you that time. So it, it, it depends, but yeah. And, and I think that just that personal development's a whole other thing that I want to be a part of or like have the restaurant like offer some mm -hmm. sort of personal development so that people feel like they're not just stuck in some crappy dead end, you know, kitchen job, waiting, you know, waiting job. Yeah. I know one of the things that we've talked about, the three of us is, that, um, you know, helping the people in, um, the, the employees, um, with write better resumes, right? So knowing that they're probably not going to stay at Cabo for the rest of their lives, but that doesn't mean that you can't offer them value in terms of helping them have better resumes or up leveling their skills so that when they leave Cabo, they get a better job someplace else, regardless of the industry that it's in. And so you're looking at not just, you know, what this employee can do for Cabo in the short or the long term, but what you can do for them in terms of helping their career. And then 
that really builds a sense of loyalty where first off, they're probably going to be lifelong customers. Second off, if they ever know anybody who's looking for a job, they're going to be like, Hey, you're going to want to go work at Cabo. And they may, you know, if you are ever in that pinch where, you know, you had to fire fast and you really needed somebody, maybe you could give that person a call and be like, look, I know you're not here anymore, but is there any chance you could come in and come help us out for a couple of days or whatever? Right. So it opens up a whole bunch of opportunities beyond just what's right in front of your face. I agree. Excellent. Matt, do you also agree with me? I do. I do. <laughs> so what are what are some of the things, Matt, that when it comes to either your hiring process, the hiring process for Cabo or the um, onboarding process that we've sort of started to work through that you um, think is going to help Cabo to stand out? Well, I think we're, we we talked about the idea uh, that when we hire someone, if it doesn't have to be within the next, them starting within the next 48 hours to have them come in and eat a meal. Um, so then everybody knows in the restaurant that this person is going to be new and coming on. And they also get the added benefit of seeing how service works from the customer's perspective. I think that was uh, one of the really good ideas that we had along with, uh, I think, an onboarding package. Yeah, I love the onboarding package idea. And, and that that meal one is really cool, too. I think that's something that I don't I, I don't know if it's fairly unique to the industry, but it, it feels like something that helps people really understand from the customer perspective, but also meeting the team that they're going to be working with. Yeah, I or did. I like that idea when y'all were talking about that the other night of having them come in and then let everybody know, hey, that person sitting at the end of the bar there is so-and-so that they start in two days, go say hello, et cetera. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, regardless, it, uh, your first day at any job is kind of weird and lonely. So It is. Um, it'd be nice to you know have have some people who you can at least, you, you at least know their name. Yes, exactly. How about you, Corey? What are some other things that you like from the onboarding or hiring perspective that that we've talked about i i you know i don't i I mean i don't know if there's anything else that's really stood out that we haven't mentioned already like i I like the you know i like the package i like the um you know that uh, having that kind of get to know know you thing i mean i want to make sure that we have a good training program for our trainers so that it's like when i was saying you get lost in the system it does not you walk in you're like hey you need to look for Matt and they, they go find Matt and Matt's like, Oh, okay. You need to go to this person. And then they're like, you need to go to this. And then next thing you know, they're just like st- sitting next to, you know, whoever it is in the dish pit, just watching somebody <laughs> wash dishes. Cause nobody <laughs> wants to deal with them. You yeah. Know? So just like having a good, a good, uh, training program for the trainers, I think is something that needs to be considered. Very important. And, and we, you know, um, we walked through a lot of different ideas too, for team building, uh, and, and for career development that are, that I think are pretty unique and really fun, right? So you're going to have this environment that people are going to want to be a part of this culture that's going to stand out. And I think that's exciting. And to make that as part of the, you know, job descriptions and part of that interview process. And you're also going to be doing some unique things in terms of when you're interviewing people, people, candidates that maybe aren't quite ready to come and work for Cabo yet are that aren't selected because they don't quite have those skills that you're going to be, you're going to be doing some unique things from that perspective as well. Yeah. And the, the follow-up and, and all of that, I mean, anybody who's ever been on a job hunt knows how, 
brutal it is when you when you think you might get a call back or you don't, whatever. Just being transparent, honest, and just saying that. Because I've thought a lot about that since that last call that we had when we were talking about when do you tell somebody whether or not the you know they got the job and I mean unless there's like I have to debate between two or three people and, and I can't make a decision there that's obviously um, you know the the exception to that rule but if you know right out right away you're like this guy is not going to be a good fit just to be like hey look you're not a good fit and I'm not going to waste your time or mine right and then also giving some tips yeah yeah. I mean, yeah do it in a nice way to be like in the future here's some things that you could probably do better or. I, I, you're just not a good fit for us right now, but I can keep, you know, hold on to your number and give you a call if it, if, it, if we find a position that works for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I really, I like that. And I think because so many, we, we have moved into a world that is so fast paced that like in many instances, courtesy has just gone out the window. Right. So it's like, you not only do you not get a call back to say like, no, we didn't select it. You don't even get an email, right? You just get nothing. You're like basically ghosted by employers now. And, even for as many people, like there are so many companies looking for people, they still don't quite handle that correctly in terms of how they could really turn the tables in their favor for how they're treating candidates when they walk in the door. Sure. Right. Yeah, that's why I won't ever eat at Chipotle again. Why? What did they do to you? Because <laughs> they didn't hire you? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That was years ago when I when I left uh, when I left that cafe and I was just trying to find something to do, anything to do. Um, and yeah, I, I knew it during the interview that these guys weren't, they were not going to give me the job, but they just like kept it going on and on and on. And then they never call back, never call back. And then eventually I got an email and I'm like, like I should have just walked out because I knew this wasn't going to be a good fit. Right. But imagine though, like it, when you were at performance and you know, you sent me that email and offered to help and I said, nah, I don't need you. <laughs> Well, at least you responded. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But at least you didn't give up because you still came in and, well, you didn't know I was the hiring manager well, for I, the next. <laughs> no, I did. And I was also told that my job was going to be eliminated and it was like, you should probably go talk to Julie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good move on your part. All right. Um, we should probably start wrapping up. Matt, do you have anything else that you would love to tell our listeners before we uh, wrap? Oh, wait, wait, I got three questions. And we're going to go back to this again. Yeah, we're going to so make it quick. So. We're going to make it quick. So succinct answers, guys. Um, Matt, we'll go to you first. Um, and again, for our listeners, we've asked the, we're going to ask these three questions with each of the podcasts in this series, same questions, just to see how their answers change. Or maybe they don't. Matt, what's one thing you'll do better than anyone else in the area? Uh, still source uh, food for the restaurant. Excellent. Corey, how about you? One thing that you'll do better than anyone else? I think it's going to be building that culture. All right. I think that's going to be a good one for you guys. All right, Corey, I'm going to you first this time. What makes you nervous about opening a restaurant? I mean, right now, the thing that's making me nervous is whether or not we can actually start build out. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You're very close, though. Very close. Um, I think next time we do the the Cabo podcast, we should talk about all the bureaucracy that happens to get a restaurant open. Yes. Um, although we might need to block off two hours for that one. I'm just um, gonna call it complaining about the government. <laughs> <laughs> Talking tacos, part three, complaining about the government. All right, Matt, what makes you nervous? Rising prices of all the products currently. Mm, interesting. Okay. And then finally, Matt, um, why will Cabo be a success? Along with the training and onboarding now, the culture, it's 
like we just keep adding every week. Fantastic. Corey, what do you say? Yeah, it's the people. And that's the the primary reason why I believe most businesses, restaurants are successful. It's the people. The people. I agree. All right. Well, we are going to wrap up. I want to thank both of you for coming on and chatting with us about Cabo. Talking Tacos Part 2, I feel like, has been a wild success. And um, I really hope that everybody, all of our listeners, enjoy it as well. So thanks to both of you. And um, I don't know what we're going to put in the show notes, but it's going to be interesting. So your guess is going to be as good as mine. Um, If you're interested in working with SB Pace, um, you know what? Just... Connect with us on our um, website. You can fill out the contact form or you can send an email to info at sbpace.com. And if you are one of the many people who are going to be really clamoring to work at Cabo, just hold tight because the hiring should start soon and it's going to be an amazing experience. Well, I'll tell you one thing that we're going to put in the show notes and that's going to be the Instagram account for Cabo Richmond. So if you're a listener and you haven't followed us on uh, Instagram, we are at Cabo.Richmond. Um, so we'll drop that in the show notes and then you can connect with uh, SP Pace and BizQuick Podcast. We have LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube and everything that you need to know can be found on our website, sbpace.com. Exactly. You can also um, subscribe to our podcast. Um, We would love it if you did. And if you told two friends about it and asked them to tell two friends as well. And if you could like us and give us a review, we really appreciate that. That helps us to do better. We perform better. It's almost like dogs getting a treat. We perform better with reviews. Oh, and hey, you can reach out to us about any topic that you're interested in hearing about. And we will do our best to make that happen. Don't forget to buy our book. It's called Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It's on Amazon. It's a bestseller. We've got a digital workbook download. And if you've already purchased it, make sure to like it and give us a review. Exactly. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. This is BizQuick, helping small businesses across America. 